by Riverside. to Dance Talk with Joanne Carey, where the dance world connects, the conversations inspire, and where we are keeping them real. I'm joined today with Gina C. all the way from Sweden. We are, we definitely are the dance world that connects. We are here. I'm in New Jersey. She's all the way across the continent, all the way across an ocean in Stockholm, Sweden. She is joining me in the evening for her and it is daytime so welcome gina to dance talk thank you for joining thanks so me. much joanne for having me absolutely i just want to remind our listeners um in case they want to go back i did have an interview an ig live an instagram live with you on my instagram page at westfield school of dance um so if anybody wants to catch that interview as well you can head over to the page but we're going to get started with um, Gina's introduction, and if she just wants to um, let everybody know, let the listeners know who you are and a little bit about your background and how you started yeah, in dance. Yeah, I mean, I, it goes back to two and a half, three years old, normal dance school, and around eight years old, that's when I started to step into the Royal Valley School world in London, and I went on to become a vocational student at White Lodge at the Royal Ballet School, went on to become an upper school student and then graduated. Um, I took some uh, hiatus from ballet for a few years and then I went back to it when I was around 21 years old and uh, joined the English National Ballet Company. Um, during that time I had a great time and my boyfriend at the time was Swedish, so at 24, decided to leave UK and move to Sweden and, you know, was uh, got a job at the Royal Swedish Ballet Company and was dancing there for 17 years, went through the ranks, called a ballet, first soloist, and then was a principal dancer. And I retired three years ago and during that time I had a little overlap of starting my own school and that's now what I do. I founded my school and I'm the artistic director of the school and its junior ballet company. So putting many years in a very short paragraph. <laughs> yeah, no, well, you know, a couple of things yeah. I want to point out. First off, um, you are you mentioned that you're an artistic director and I have you as part of a series that I'm doing on Dance Talk with Joanne Carey about artistic right. directors. So I'm happy that you're going to be part okay. of that series. So you'll be posted um, with that series. And also, um, just I want to go back a little bit and talk about for listeners um, that, you know, you said you mentioned at 21, you went back yeah. to 21 years old, you went back yeah. to dance. And I point that out for a couple of re reasons. Number one, you had to have been incredibly talented mm -hmm. to go back to dance professionally at 21 years old. However, I do want to point out that it's possible yes. for people mm -hmm. to really have their career and to have a flourishing career as you have, and to, as you said, rise yeah. to the ranks and become a principal dancer. Yeah. I, th I think yeah. that's it's my possible. huge lessons that I teach, but also the big, <sighs> The big thing to my story is that I've managed to be able to do it all. So I did musical theatre during those years that I left the ballet world. 
and um, mm -hmm. really experienced, you know, being a freelancer, doing musical theater, more the commercial side of the world, and then still be able to go back to the pure classical line of a ballet company, a big one. Um, um, and yeah, and my line, my, my path has not been the obvious. Everyone said I did it back to front, but this is why I literally stand that you can do it all. You don't have to think you're on one path, which we can go into later, but I, I really do believe that we can fill our toolbox with so many things and we become a better artist. Yeah, I like that. You know, I like that you say that toolbox and the artistry because um, did I lose you? Are you still with me? I think. Did I lose you, Gina? I think I might have lost you. I think I lost Gina. So I'm going to stop this and we'll figure it out. Across the world. Across the world. So we just dropped Gina for a little while. The The internet dropped her feed and we just got her back. So welcome back. What were we talking about? We were talking about, oh, the toolbox. You had mentioned um, about, you know, a, a, the toolbox and doing it all and having that career, you know, in multifaceted. And I think, I think that's so important for listeners um, to hear and to know. And that, like you were saying, one path, so, some people are just go down one path, but then some people, you know, have so many different avenues that they go down. And like you said, it builds their artistry, um, which, which I think is a wonderful thing. And I think that lends itself to uh, being a wonderful artistic director. Um, how do you feel about that, or what are your what are your thoughts? I, I, I mean, I think it's changed a lot as well as we move into the twenty first century. You know, I mean, you when I started, when I joined the English National Ballet Company, a big question was, so what company have you come from? And mm, I said, okay. Oh, the Lion King musical, and. You see, back then, that was, what, 30 years ago. It wasn't really, it was, what? You know, you're not come from the ballet, a ballet company, or even though I come from one of the most, you know, great schools, but it'd been a while. And I feel now, though, things have changed. You, you look at, for example, ballerinas from the Royal Ballet who have just done Cats the Movie, or Chris Wieldon's done musicals in broadway and you know mm -hmm. so we have we are allowing us to cross paths now yeah. and what do you think i think it's so important we shouldn't i do know back in the day if you were seen to be doing musicals it was beneath or if you're a classical trained dancer and yes. no one talks about it but mm -hmm. it's there and it's so unfortunate because what i learn from musicals was how to express how to have a voice how mm -hmm. to you know I mean which I didn't learn at ballet school so for me I feel I wouldn't have become the principal dancer without my journey of leaving ballet and really discovering other forms of entertainment um, yeah, yeah. and artistry so do you do you teach those parts 
to your students now? Like, do you teach the vocal end? Do you teach, you know, um, the artistry end? Do you teach musical theater? Do you, how do you approach that for, for students? Is through the mind. So if I have students, we are a classical school. However, we, they learn improvisation, modern, neoclassical, and jazz now. So, but I allow them, if they're coming to me sometimes at 17 and they're actually, I want to, I want to be an actress. I want to explore acting. I'm going to stop ballet. I always say, but do you still love ballet? And they're like, yeah, but I want to do more acting. I'm like, well, why do you have to stop one thing to start another? Why can't you explore your acting journey and keep going with your dancing journey and use both? Because there's a there's still that in the mindset of, I'm not going to be a ballet dancer, I need to stop and I'll do something else. Yeah. I agree. I, and yeah. Ballet is it's such a huge education, whether you're going to be a professional ballerina or not, it contributes heaps to whatever else you're going to choose to do. So if you still love it, why stop? I don't understand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like that. You know, I would find that and come across that at my own studio. There would be there would come a certain point with the dancers um, when they it was mostly when they would start to do high school. I'm not sure that's, you know, like a 14 year old. Yeah. And it was they wanted to then focus on sports is huge here in the United States, you know, and whatever sport or activity or club they were going to get to in high school for college, for then going on to university. And I would come against the same thing saying, well, why do you have to stop? You know, and, and so it was always where you, know, you can't make someone stay, but it always was a little, a little devastating because you brought a child along with potential, whether they, like you said, were going to go into a career of ballet or dance or not. And then, like you said, to continue that because it's so beneficial. And the kids who did continue throughout high school, they come back to me now and tell them, and the parents do as well. And I think we spoke about that on the Instagram Live about how, um, you know, their parents see the benefits of it and, they, and they're so grateful for all it gives. Um, you know, so I really want, want you to stress that and for people to hear that who are listening. I think also for those when you hit that age of 17 18 you're going through so much changes you're going into adulthood you you you're expected to be an adult but you're not really yet you know of course the ballet is the first thing that they want to drop social life starts you know and of course you can't force students to love ballet or dance but if they do I just feel like if you stop completely like I did, it is hard to go back to it. Just change the mindset. Put it then as a reserve and focus on something, but just keep training, keep going. Yeah. You might in a year feel completely opposite and I miss it. I love it. And then it's so hard when you leave ballet, being yeah. its truest technical form, you know, so hard when you leave it it's so hard to get back and so just keep it going and you end up loving it even more without that pressures of I have to get a job at 19 or you know so yeah I'm a big advocate for that I'm always do it all 
Yes. Well, you know, it's true. And, and, and I think too, if, if, if a child or a student can do it yeah. all, because you know, some people can't, you know what I mean? Some people don't have that personality to be able to juggle, to juggle all that. But if they can, it is really important because when you are then in the professional world, um, you wind up doing mm. it all. You know, you're learning all those different things coming up through the company. Mm. You know, when I, I know myself, when I was in the modern company, I loved to watch rehearsals and take notes for the director or do the counting if we were figuring out a phrase mm -hmm. or just to learn. Um, and I think it added, I mean, I know it added so much to, to what I brought to my teaching. Um, you know, so, so I agree. Also, yeah. you know, I think from my personal experience, I was never the one to have thought she's going to be a ballerina. You see, I was always, how can I say it in a nice way, but I was, I wasn't a bunhead in that way, as in I was a hundred percent ballet. I'd always, before I went to the Royal Ballet, I was doing disco and modern and song and dance. And I loved that more than ballet. So, and that followed me throughout even being in an institution. But I, I feel that, yeah, you shouldn't put yourself in boxes until later when you really choose what kind of job I want to go for. Because I feel if you can do it all, like you say, if I have a student that is possible to do everything, to walk into a musical theatre audition, a modern audition, a ballet audition, then don't stop one of them too soon. Exactly. Don't put yourself in a box at 16. Keep doing everything until you get to the 19 age or 20 or even 21. Yeah, and even then, sometimes you don't know. No, then you don't know. It's the thing. I mean, I've known dancers who are purely classical who got into big ballet companies and in the end decided they hated it and went to smaller modern companies. So mm -hmm. it's pliable. Dance should be. That's what yeah. we're creating artistically. So why do we have to channel it in such a regimented way? I don't get that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a that's a good question and it you know it's i i think it kind of can can bounce off a question i always ask and I, I i ask it more now that i i'm not teaching and i'm having these conversations um is because I, and i had the time to reflect about it you know what is it that dance does you know what is it i know what i know what it feels like it does and i know how important it is and i I just, I can't imagine my life without it. Like, I, I know that might sound so, you know, it sounds a little, you know. Yeah. It is. I can't, I feel so grateful for the path I chose in choosing dance as my career and still being in it, even though I, I don't have the studio, still being in the dance world and, and doing this because I can't imagine, I just can't imagine life without I think it. it's about being a creative, you know. I think when you're a creative, like now you're doing your, your talks and your, it's so creative, thinking of politics, thinking of, it's the same when you run a ballet school or a school. It's so creative. What class plan, what goals, what aims, how can I teach that exercise? How can I get that across to the students? Shows, performances, I mean, it's, all part and parcel of this creative yeah, thing, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 
yeah. I was having a conversation uh, yesterday with somebody and I was talking about how also I find uh, looking back, mm-hmm. you know, um, and having the studio, you know, it is this, this really happy place mm-hmm. and it, and it's nice to be around that as your job. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> like people say to me, they were, oh my gosh, you teach dance. That must be so much fun. And I would think to myself, oh, you have no idea. It's hard. I'd be like so tired. My back would be hurting or I'd have a pile of work to bring home. And I'm thinking to myself, fun? Yeah. Where's the fun? But it, it really is. It, it's really, it's, it's such a joyful and creative place, like you say. And I think we as human beings, that's that's our makeup. Even though we all might be not have our artistic, you know, side more working, we have, that's our like base human being, you know, we're, we are creative people who, who want to experience beauty and love and joy. And, and we do that so much through movement. It's such, um, you know, did you ever find when you were teaching, you'd walk in, you'd have a crazy time, whether it's getting the kids to school or this, or that, but when you walk into the studio and you put that music on and you go to teach, it's just suddenly you are not in your real space. You are in your another space where you don't think of anything else. It's just, and that's the same as going on stage and being in a ballet or being Odette or Adele or who, you know, it's the same for me. It always feels the same as I'm stood out on stage being that character or that role or that person. It's the same now when I teach, when I walk in, it everything goes away and you're in the work you're in their bodies you're in their minds you're in those people in front of you you're in the music you're in that space and it's just yeah it's that's the piece isn't it it is it really you know it's so it's so true because as you're saying it i'm i'm remembering how i would unlock the door to the studio we were on the second floor so i would be walking up those stairs and I felt like every square I walked up, every step, I was like, oh, yeah, this is why I do this, you know, because it just, the outside world just melted right off of me. And there's something to that. There's just, and, and the kids would say the same thing, no matter what kind of day, or their parents would say to me, you know, she had a terrible day at school, but she wanted to come to dance. Or she has a, or, you know, he or she has a, an exam and I want them to be home studying, but they said, please let me dance because I'll study yeah. better. You see, and what that does for us does for, for the students. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I can think of sometimes coming out of my office and knowing I've got 50 emails to answer <laughs> and you walk in, yeah. but they have to wait and you just cut off from that. And it's the same for them. They, the students come in and they're training all night in the evening and yeah they have exams especially as they get to 15 16 and their school work just increases but they are there every night putting in the work because but it gives them that probably that relief too in, in my- it does. And I, I often found the, my at the studio the most were also the students who were the highest ranked students in their class in in school yeah and then you know there's something to that like you know, you're able i think to compartmentalize also and i have to get this done and you do that i have it's like learning a role you know a choreography it goes beyond beyond the classroom um 
Yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your school. Let's talk about, you know, so you is it did you say it was year three or year five? You're in, in school. We have we're five years old. Five years so I started old. the school in the last two years of my ballet career. Oh, yeah, wow. so I was still actively dancing. It started, I mean, it started as a passion project on Sundays, on my days off. And I was training little ones. There was about 12 of them, my mummy friends, and they were always on me. And I was like, okay, let's see, you know. And it was very rewarding in another sense, not to be yeah. on about me, it was about them. And so it eventually snowballed. And after two years of the school growing and finding then my own premises and then having to move to another premises after the first year, it was, you know, I eventually, my shift, it changed from me being on stage, getting the accolades to me wanting to be in the studio for my students. And so eventually I decided to retire very quickly, a quick decision of, I didn't want to do a big farewell show Usually when you're a principal, you get the fanfare and things, but I was ready. I felt in my career, I had done everything. And I mean everything, obviously. <laughs> the mother, the musical, the ballet yeah. company. So I was ready to really just, I'm done. So I went and spoke to my director, Nicola de la Riche. He's a former Etoile from Paris Opera. He's the director of Royal Swedish Ballet Company. And I said, I don't want any drama. I'm going to leave in two weeks and um, I'm ready. And it was. I did company class. Everyone gathered and they wished me well. They bought me a gift and that was it. Um, and it just, I felt whole. Of course, you go through a grieving period when you leave. But at the same time, I felt like a huge relief because then I felt I have now time to fully invest in what I was slowly building. Yeah, yeah, and let, yeah, and, and let's talk about what you are building. You know how you know you are artistic director of your school and of the junior company, yeah. and you know I I did an interview with an artistic director who has taken over um, a company seventy five years old, a, a modern company that has a legacy, has a history, has a mission, and here you are starting all that. You are, are the founder. Yes. So as a founder of a dance school, um, I, yeah, I see you, as a founder of a dance school and a founder of a company, um, you know, what do you see as your mission or have you thought that far? And what what is that, you know, five-year, 10-year, 15, 20-year plan <laughs> look like? Yeah, I, you know, it was. It's always been so clear that the school started, like I said, as a passion project. Mm -hmm. So it was never with the intention of I want a big ballet school and then I want this and then I want that. Everything has happened so organically, and it's come really from many very clear personal experience. When it comes to the recreational side for the little ones to really inspire them with ballet, to keep the classical culture going here in Sweden, to keep contributing to it, to plant the seed very young in children so they can get to see classical ballet at a young age of two, mm -hmm. which yeah. you can't usually take a two-year-old to see a three-act ballet. So right. 
it, it a lot of storytelling, a lot of performances from my students because otherwise, what are they learning in the studio if they're not going to get a chance to perform? It's full circle. So when it comes to my recreational side, that's a huge ethos is this performance side, the art, the artistry. And of course, learning ballet, absolutely correctly, not putting children on too early on point shoes, doing it with all the experience that we have. When it comes to my vocational side, that started to as with no plan. I had six dancers who had unfortunately not gained place in the only other vocation, well, one of the vocational schools here. We don't have many. And they were so passionate and they still wanted to do ballet and they were about 15 and they were desperate. And I just said to them, I was privately coaching them anyway. And I said, well, let's get a group together and let's just train. And that okay. started my first associate group, which are my pre-professionals. And now we have the associates of the International Ballet School that start from eight years old and go all the way up to trainee prof level who are like 21. So it's that grew to in five years. Um, it was just necessary. I just felt we needed to create more opportunity. And I have dancers, vocational dancers, who really want to learn ballet correctly, but maybe will go in a more modern direction. But they get to still train their ballet every day for two hours every day and still doing their modern and their neoclassical and the choreography and the performance. So because then I know that I can take put them out into the world and they could go and audition for anything and everything and not put a label on them yet. So and they want to. They they amazing workers my associates you know because we're not a vocational school where we have the academics they all go to different academic schools and they come in their after school hours and they train which takes sometimes even more motivation it does it really does and you know you you say something um that i i think is really important too uh, I, I remember being, you know, artistic director and owner of my own studio as well. I felt a huge responsibility to the dance yeah. world. That's what it is. I yeah. really, I really mm-hmm. did. And, and I, uh, you know, my studio was somewhere between like a neighborhood studio and your academy mm-hmm. studio. Like I, my standards were high. I went in thinking I was going to be this. And then I went to, okay these are who I'm attracting, you know what I mean? This is who I'm working with here. And let me bring out the best and create the best in them. But I always felt I had an obligation and a responsibility to the dance work and my colleagues, you know, I, I had come from performing, you know, and so I thought uh, I want to put out, put out and produce what you know I've been used to performing and so that my colleagues say Joanne you know I I relied on their you know opinion and their input so that I knew I was because when you're owning it you don't have somebody you answer exactly so I could bring in my colleagues and get their input and and so I worked hard at that behind the scenes you know you don't everybody's not aware you're doing no yeah it's another job entirely it's a million jobs in one it's not especially when you're still teaching as well I mean out of 350 students I know all of those students of course 
you can't be as involved in some of the groups anymore, but your team is the most important because you can't do it on your own. I think for the school, the main goal, like you say, you started because you wanted to invest or change the value world or, you know, improve or what contribute. For me, it was really to create a movement of this holistic way to teach ballet. And that goes for the vocational and the recreational sides to not, yeah, the old school way, as I call it. And unfortunately, it's still happening. It has changed and hopefully it is getting better. But just to, oh, you know, allow ballerinas to have individuality, to allow them to have a voice, to allow them to feel good about their bodies. I don't mention weight at all. It doesn't come out. Yeah, I deny that. And sure, we're sending them into a world which is still like that, but I allow them, I want them to question what's being asked of them. Is it healthy or not? And so they don't just grow up to be successful dancers, but they grow up to become adults one day without trauma yeah that's that's, the most important because even after their dancing job they need to have have sane mindsets for their futures you know and so i i'm a a big believer in this holistic approach to how we teach Mm -hmm. to have uh, communications with the parents to be to get them to email me if there's anything or to to have a contact because it's hard for parents too who I mean you know my parents were chef and a midwife had nothing to do when they had two daughters who were in the ballet world wow okay yeah and I I feel that parents need the support too with questions or how how their mindset should be or is or it's it's so, so much yeah so I, it seems like you I'm, yeah. I'm sorry I don't mean to interrupt yeah no so I just when you ask like the the school and its ethos or values then I think for the overall ethos that's the main one it's it's this main, yeah. well that's a yeah. good one yeah that's a good one you're you're bringing to mind um somebody that that I know when I interviewed I did both an IG live with them and I did a, a podcast recording with them um I'll have to give you their mm. information for you to reach out to them um because they in their program they left the company in you know after their professional career and they started a school um and but they also train the parents there's a parent program mm-hmm. so they bring they bring the parent pa- the parents are part of it they have this learning thing i don't i forget yeah. what it's exactly called mm-hmm. um where the parents they teach and educate yeah. the parents because it's so important and it might be something it, for you to... well, sometimes we do so for example we have the end of term or mother's day or father's day so mm-hmm. i always get the parents to join 
their child's class, mm-hmm. but then the child becomes the teacher and the parent becomes the student. So they, yeah. or, or fathers, mother, depending on the day, they get to experience what their children, not just to come and watch. So they really get to experience that, oh, that triple step from the corner is not so easy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or that skipping. Yeah. I mean, when you get yeah. adults to skip who are non-dancers, it's not easy <laughs> anymore. You, don't, you know, when I would have adults come in and ask them to remove their shoes, it was always like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, we're but still also, walking around. Exactly. Right? And just to stand and feel that vulnerability of being asked yeah. to move in with being watched. And we ask that of our children, especially the hobby side, to do that once a week. And especially when they're three and four, it's huge that they come in on their own, that they participate. Yes. It's all part of it. And it's yes. not just yes. about what they've learned step-wise. Yes. So yes. for me, it's so important for parents to feel that, to be on the other side of that. So they, yeah. and then obviously we do get the parents who have joined the adult classes because they get inspired by their children. Actually, yeah. I want to learn ballet. <laughs> Which is great, but that's a great idea with the parent. Yes, it's it's a it's a part of the program. It's part of like the train. Like if the child goes to this school, they prepare the parent as well. If the child if the child's wanting a career, they prepare Mm -hmm. the parent as well. Uh, So it's it's. I thought it was genius. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's great. You know. Let's yeah, let's talk about you're in the middle of preparing for uh, the glass slipper. Yeah, which is based on Cinderella. So let's talk about that. How's that going? Talk, tell us about who's in it, how you're approaching so, it. I mean, we have a junior ballet company which also manifested from the associates, and we have two pieces in our repertoire now we have Peter and the Wolf which we just did last month mm-hmm. and we sold we sold out to I think four performances uh, and it was fantastic and I really believe in interactive ballet performances especially and they're directed for youth so it's youth inspiring youth so the, most of the yeah. company is made up of our associates but then we also invite guests so this time for the glass slipper, we have two principal guests um, from the Royal Swedish Ballet Company. Um, and actually, the prince has just been um, on. I don't know if you get Pop Idol in America. Oh, not Pop Idol. idol but uh, this, like American, American Idol. Idol. So here it's called okay. Idol. So it's this game show. Oh, okay. But mm-hmm. our prince is a ballerino, but he's also a very good singer. And he just got through to the last finalists of the eight finalists. So I love it. Julian Coolin, his name is, and he's beautiful because he does it all. And it's really representing what I what I believe in. And he's on leave from the company and he just became a little mini celebrity overnight with his singing skills. And now he's coming back to perform in our junior ballet company. So that also it's, yeah. And then we have adapted the Cinderella story into a one hour production. So little ones can enjoy. It's in two acts still. So no longer than 30 minutes each act. Um, and we've done a fusion of it's classical ballet, neoclassical and modern with character dance as well. So and it, we've really kind of adapted it. So I wanted to show the stepsisters not just having 
ugly costumes or funny makeup. I wanted to give them another language. So I decided to ask two choreographers to choreograph, which you would never do usually because, you know, choreographs, choreographers are very particular. They get very oratorian. You said it much more eloquently than I So, but luckily I found two beautiful, humble people, Arson and uh, Marabayan and Anthony Lemujo. And they are both from the Royal Swedish Ballet Company, but with two very different backgrounds. I mean, Arson was principal at Zurich and Ballet, Hamburg Ballet, Royal Swedish, and Anthony has come from Juilliard in the States, going into a, a modern direction. Um, and so both of them together, their energies together in this piece, you can really see through the characterization of the roles they have choreographed for. And how fun. And it, they yeah. probably are loving that opportunity because it's so, I think, so new yeah. and unique. So Arson's been the overviewer and Anthony was choreographing for the sisters. And so they have a wonderful duet in Act Two where they're sh just shaking their booties at some point, you know, and then suddenly we go into classical ballerina Cinderella solo. Mm -hmm. So it's so entertaining yeah. and, and interesting for children as young as two to see not just ballet, but modern and neoclassical and then some a little bit of character for the royal courtiers. So it's a real mix. And you know, I think it's it works really well. We sold out. We did do it last year at Interman Theatre and the audiences loved it. Children were dancing home and well, that's, that's best, your best right? review. So, and now yeah. we will do five performances, but we are actually... Five performances over the course of a yeah. weekend. How so? How, luckily, okay. we have our own theatre, so we will do. Okay. Yeah, we have our own lovely auditorium. Um, we will do five performances, and afterwards, the audience get to meet the cast. They get to try on point shoes. They get to try point shoes. Oh. It's very interactive. Okay. Um, but uh, one very special show is coming as we have decided. I wanted to give back. I'm always about giving back. And we heard, we got in contact with the Ayabaya Cancer Foundation. And this is for children who have recovered from cancer. And so we're doing a free show for them and their families to be able to contribute to their reward or their journey, you know. And yeah, so that's coming and that's going to be a, very uh, rewarding performance to bring dance. Do they come to you or do you They will come to, to us because these are all the families or the children that are in remission who have gone through the journey. But we will be going also to the children's ward in the big Karolinska hospital here. They have a, le a play therapy ward for terminal children. So we will be taking some characters there and perform a little bit there. So, I mean, it's yeah. for me, I believe it's really important for our students to understand that this is why we perform. We can really contribute to someone's life. So they don't always get stuck in their own. I'm not good enough. My body's to this. I'm this. I'm, my technique is not good. I'm not, you know. When they feel that sense of achieve after performance and really feel the response from such a deserving audience, yeah. it can really yeah. give them a different outlook on what they're training to be, you know, because yeah. that's 
what it's all about. So really is it's i love that yeah that we were we did similar mm. things like that to it was important to me too i always felt that um and i might have shared this on our instagram mm. live that certain things i would do and certain things i wouldn't do and you know for for me you know the kids had wanted to do a nutcracker i might have shared this with you and i never wanted to do a nutcracker only because yeah. everybody does them and i thought i i just didn't think i could give to a nutcracker the way the way i would yeah. want to you know and but then I took um, the steadfast and soldier, right? Took that and we made that like our nutcracker. But it was for um, we did it for Ronald McDonald House, yeah. which is a which is yeah. Ronald McDonald House Children's Specialized Hospital, and did the same thing. You know, yeah. I narrated it. I would sit and narrate while they they dance, and it was just you know, Joanne, we're yeah. two kids in a pod because I was. Just we going are. to, I've been looking at the the Tin Soldier story with the ballerina. Oh, I was thinking, yeah, we really do because exactly yeah. the same thought. Pro, I've just yeah. been thinking, hmm, Christmas performance, <laughs> not Nutcracker. Yeah. What and, else? Could... I mean, you never know. Maybe I have to come yeah. help out. <laughs> Get you over <laughs> to see. Yeah, I mean, it really is. And, and it is. I mean, we joked that we're two peas in a pod, but we do think, and, and you know, Michelle yeah. did always, she said that. She said, Gina reminds me so much of you. <laughs> she reminds me so much of you. But it's nice to hear, it's nice to hear you loving and putting the love into yeah. what you're doing. Because it gets me mm -hmm. excited because it's that same thought yeah. process. And and so, you know, I feel like you're reflecting it back to me. Like I, I do. So it's... And it's, uh, it's this is what I feel too when you meet people that same with that love and passion for what we're doing, you know. And it's like when we talk about the team and your people that you bring in, like when you're a founder, this is what's so nice when you are a founder and you're building something from the ground up. It has its pros, it has its cons. Obviously, you are building from the ground up. And so every penny, every work, everything is started from this small. And you're not, but in that sense, you have a freedom to really tailor the ethos of the school, the belief systems in the team the work that we put out there in the studio it's really built from your own personal directives that you want to change or you know contribute to and it must be in many ways it must be hard you were talking you know to take over something with its own already that's been established for so long because there's probably only there's you know it's being part of a machinery there's certain things you have to follow and there's mm -hmm you know, in big institutions. So in that respect, hat goes off to them too. But I do feel when you're a founder, you are you do have a freedom to be able to be so creative in yeah. there is no one to answer to. Yeah, it's a huge responsibility. But I think yes. if you just keep making those choices with your heart, you can't go wrong, you know, and you're from your experiences. Yeah. And things like this so yeah <laughs> yeah I, I agree and you say that and it you know making it from your heart is so true and you said something earlier um when you first were talking about when i was first asking that question um you know i didn't have a plan either you know like 
I didn't have, I didn't, you know, go in with a business plan mm. and a, and maybe I shouldn't be saying this because now it's recorded, <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, um, but I didn't. And, and I, like you, it was my gut or I would try something and it just organically yeah. happened. And I think so much of it was because yeah. of the love. I think I just loved it and wanted the kids to mm. succeed. You know, it, it, I wanted the kids to do well. I mean, I wanted to succeed, but it wasn't about me being like, oh, school, was, no, oh no. yeah, no, it really wasn't. I wanted my teachers mm. to succeed. I would so often give up a class because I wanted to help a teacher in their growth process, yeah. you know? Um, so it was, I did things differently yeah. too, you know, yes. and I, but it, it yeah. did well you know it's me well yeah. the and that's well. the community as well that sense of community it's it's yeah. lovely yeah. I mean yeah it's the same I I feel that here also obviously I'm not sweet well I am Swedish but I'm not now you know but I, I feel you know, we teach in English and now Swedish as well because we've become quite a bilingual before it was just English but now we we do everything so the sense of community is lovely because also we're helping families who are not in their country and they need that feel that sense of community so there's that side as well and at the same time we have a lot of Swedish students and families too and we're all just coming together under this same umbrella of dance as art and it's it's a really beautiful thing and it's like you say there's no intention to want to be the best school or the best this or no it's really purely just to be able to contribute more here in a country which is not my own but just to really contribute more because I feel that we are limited here with the amount of classical work you know I mean compared to London we have one classical company in Sweden which is the Royal Swedish Ballet Company we do have many other companies but they're more modern yeah so um but I and we and we have I mean the Royal Ballet is one of the old has one of the oldest houses in the world we have such a heritage for classical ballet Mm -hmm. and I feel that I want to contribute to that and you know it's even if it's I'm not purely Swedish but I feel so patriotic in that sense of no, I want to give something back. I want to give more opportunity to the Swedish dancers. I want to be able to help. I want to make a, you know, plant the seed for the little ones so our classical culture becomes more here. Because um, when I come, like coming from England, you see how huge it is. And there are so many, when you see how many baby ballerinas are interested at three years old in ballet, why does it feed out? Why does it, it's, you know, baby classes are so full and as they get older, it feeds off. We're obviously, we need to nurture it more. We need to give more for them to see. So that's, it's like a movement. This is the big belief, which keeps me going, you know. Yeah. No, I, I think it's, I'm, I, I support it. <laughs> I think it's really important and to hear, like I said, to hear you so passionate about it gets me, you know, it, it, it inflames that, that passion yeah. of my own. Yeah. It really does. It, it really does. It's exciting. I, I think, um, 
you know, I think when we have those kind of gifts and you talked mm. about being a creative, you know, whatever path that brings you on or several paths, you know, I think we're, when we're given gifts that we yeah. know we have, like sometimes, you know, people don't know, they don't tap into them, you know, then you don't live into your full potential. But I think if you know, you have mm. that gift and to live into that potential, I should yeah, listen right. to my own advice here, I'm saying <laughs> But it's you know, it's true. You know, you, you live into that potential, and you and you know mm. what the next step mm. of it is. And you know, for you, it was stepping away from performing yeah. and now doing this. For me, it was, you know, stepping away from my studio and going into this. I don't, I don't, I don't have a plan. <laughs> you know, I once again. <laughs> but I, I felt, I felt such a need. And I don't mean to talk about, I don't mean to, you know, shift the mm -hmm. conversation to myself, but I, I felt such a need when I saw the, um, the excitement of return to live performance mm -hmm. during the pandemic. And I was so, it did something in me that I was like, I need to be in on that conversation. I need to talk to these dancers because I, yeah. dancers need to talk too. The, in general, yeah. everyone needs to talk more in the dance world because we we yeah. are taught to, yeah. or we learn without speaking. We need to be give yeah. that platform to be yeah. able to talk, because and this I believe yeah. will solve a lot more problems that we do encounter within the dance world that we all talk more. That like with your platform and other, it's it's you know, finally people are being allowed to speak dancers directors choreographers you know because we're yeah. not we're very that's how we are yeah yeah Let's move on <laughs> right? exactly. move on go over yeah. on to the next yeah. one and right? this is why i believe things to change within especially the ballet world is so slow it never it's so slow to move to make changes, you know, finally we are, but it's. I can see it right. more here. I feel like I see it here. Like I'm so close to New York. Yeah. I feel like I'm seeing a lot of the change happening. Yeah. You know, it's slowly in but Europe. I mean, in I think it's a lot more. I see things happening, articles now, people are speaking up and things. So. I remember what thirty years ago we wouldn't even hear a peep about things that have gone on within the ballet world. Yeah. So, you know, it's a good thing. But I think, like you said, from the COVID, from the pandemic, it's it's really allowed us to talk about things, you know, yeah. and to appreciate That's what we I had and have to give us a new appreciation of what. Yeah, and to connect. Yeah. I mean, we were so close when mm -hmm. theatres were closing, and suddenly we start to feel really nothing is forever. I mean, we have to take care of it. You know, yeah. it can be gone in an instant. Yes. So it's really yeah. has, yeah. It's it's mm -hmm. in many ways been a positive when we wouldn't think that when we were going through it, but now on the other side. <laughs> We, yeah, ballet, art, dance, it's so much more accessible. You know, we're getting more audience with all the online things that we can see. We can stay in touch more with yeah. what's happening around the world in the dance scene. I mean, it's incredible, really. 
yeah, it really is. You yeah. know, it really is. Um, you know, and one thing I do want to talk about before we finish up is, um, you know, mental health. Yeah. We touched on it a little bit, you know, uh, but just about, you know, and, and I think it, you know, it, it goes along with yeah. things changing in the dance world or talking more. Um, but, you know, talk a little bit about the importance mm. of mental health and mental health. Such a, it's, it's such at the forefront in general, mm. especially in our country. I don't know what it is like mm. over in Sweden, but there's such yeah. a crisis here yeah. um, in general, in general. Um, but in the dance world, dancer mental health um, is so important. And I think dancers are getting more access to help and it's being, mm. and, and it's okay. It's not looked out upon. I mean, I never personally looked mm. upon it. Yeah. I was just like, Oh, okay. Let's mm. talk to someone, you know, um, talk about that a little bit and how you, in your, in your um, school. Well, you I mean, I started, I have a lovely mindfulness coach from the opera house who I contacted when I started my associate program, especially for the senior girls and boys because mm -hmm. I feel just becoming a woman is enough and obviously with the body changing a huge part of it is you've been looking at yourself in the mirror as a 12 year old and then suddenly overnight you become a teen and your body changes but no one talks about that change they talk about nutrition and they talk about how to keep a stable diet but I believe also we need to be talking about the shift in becoming an adult. That's not really to do with what we're eating. It's to observe that our body is changing to become a woman. So this is, we, we, have, we had a nutritionist in, I know that, but with the mindfulness, it really helps give them tools to manage these stresses and thoughts and what we're going one step further next term, and that's bringing in a psychologist once a week where they will learn about dance psychology. And yeah, and okay. so this is what we do. What I started to do with my youngest junior associates, so from the age of eight, they were all given a journal. And after every week, they had to write down three good things they thought they accomplished or they felt or they did within that week to help create positive mindset. Because we're so busy listening to criticism or corrections, not criticism, corrections or things to fix that we're conditioning that way more or negative. Ask any dancer five negative things, they'll give you 10. Ask them one positive thing, they won't be able to think of anything. Yeah. So to try and already get the young ones to develop their positive mindset. And I do that also with the way that I teach, you know, they work in pairs and they look and they give them corrections, but then they also have to give them a good thing that they saw them do. So they hear a compliment from their friend. And so constantly trying to not just, um, create a, a negative mindset and I'm, I must say it it really helps it is a journey obviously we're five years old and we're going to see the results in the next few years with these little ones as they go through but with the great people obviously from my network of people that I know from my experience it's 
it's almost like an experiment, but I think I feel that it's yeah, it's it needs to be mental training needs to be put in just as much as the physical training, because it doesn't matter how hard you technically try to be perfect. You could be perfect, but if you're not up here, it can destroy everything. So what's the point? It needs to be so balanced. So I'm a big talker. I'm a big, you know, to have an open communication with the students. If they're not feeling good, if they feel upset or anything, they know that my office door is open to be able to come and talk if they're worried about their friend or you know I mean and it's I must say over the years it they feel it's a safe space to be able to do that which is huge yeah because I mean I remember back in our days we if we were not eating or having eating we would never talk about it so I feel it's that's the first chance to change the way we we teach the ballet you know is to to really help with the mental state so yeah it's 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 great and i we have to speak the same with my team as well <laughs> it's this yeah yeah as it grows absolutely yeah yeah wonderful oh it's, it's I know, awesome to talk to you it's, it's lovely really, really, really <laughs> yeah i'm sorry it have to be so late <laughs> so, Oh my goodness. But is there anything, you know, before we finish up, is there anything, you know, that we haven't mentioned or touched upon that you, that you want to say or offer? um, I mean, like we, like we started the conversation, I think (sighs) passion is the key. If you truly love something, keep going at it. Don't give up too easily, you know, fill the toolbox believe it's hard you know when you say believe in yourself but just believe in what you feel that you love to do don't lose that you know and it is hard as you get older you start listening to the noise but try to keep that peace so you can really just focus on the work I mean we're incredible beings we can manage to do a lot of things and trust it you know love thyself (laughs) you know it's 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 the way forward and yeah I'm just so thankful for having me on Joanne it's so nice to be able to talk (laughs) yes thank you and I and I want to thank the listeners um thank everybody this is dance talk with Joanne Carey my guest Mm -hmm. today is Gina C from the International Ballet School in Stockholm Sweden you are welcome back anytime Uh, Follow us, everyone. Follow us, like us, share. And don't forget to leave a review on this episode if you liked it. Thank you, everybody. And we'll be back soon. Thank you. Good Good night, night, Gina. Bye.